Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You know, I'm in London. I'm completely independent. You know, I'm going out, just doing my thing, going to the shops. And, you know, people are curious about me because I, I tend to look different to most people. And they want to know, so how do you do this? How do you drive a car? How do you travel by yourself? Do you have somebody looking after you? And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. It's just me. I do my own cooking, my cleaning, everything. Yeah. And I could see that even by sharing those simple, I guess, you know, daily strategies that I, I have to do, people are inspired. And so it got to a point where I started to sort of lose interest on, you know, working with computers. And I thought, what if I could go from inspiring one person at a time actually inspiring big groups of audiences and helping them see that you know a lot of the things that they call limitations are things that we can all overcome and hopefully i'm a good example of that how you day how you day that was the voice of winston clements now one of the things that is certain with life is that you come across challenges and when challenges come across your way what do you do with them do you consider them limitations or are you able to move past them? As you heard, Winston says, there are times and there are moments when we need to look at our limitations and see what we can do with them. And that's what we talk about in today's episode. Winston's love to self-love, self-acceptance, and self-actualization. How he found himself and then used his condition to be able to teach others how to appreciate their lives. It's a really inspirational story. He's a, he's a Brit and I really love uh, hearing about his stories of diversity and inclusion in England because I can sort of parallel that with what I, I go through here in different parts of the world. So I hope that you find your yourself in the episode. I hope that you listen to it and you think about ways that you can use yourself and your story to make an impact in the world. Enjoy the episode. Welcome everybody to another episode of As Told by Nomads and today's guest is Winston Ben Clements. Now, Winston is someone that feels like you should never feel limited by your circumstance. His mission is to inspire 1 billion people and create a world without limitations. You know, to him, if you've been limited by your health condition, financial struggles, or difficult relationships, he feels like there's a way that you can be resilient and push past that. Winston was born with a condition known as brittle bones disorder. And the main symptom, as you can imagine, is that his bones break very easily. Now, this condition limited him, especially during his childhood, because he had to undergo numerous surgeries and miss out on fun moments. He remembers very intensely the sense of frustration that he had having to watch his sisters and all of the kids in the neighborhood play in the sunshine while he had to sit in his room. But his turning point came years later. 
as he had successfully graduated from college and would have competed degree, uh, computer science degree, his confidence had taken a hit because he was struggling to find employment. And then something needed to change, or so he realized. He decided to stop comparing himself to other people and to stop doubting his own abilities. He decided to let his disability stop defining him as a person. And here we are today. Well, we're going to be talking about resilience, creating inclusive cultures, and also safe spaces. Welcome to the show, Winston. <laughs> nice to be here. Thank you so much for the intro. The pleasure is mine. And for those, the reason why we're laughing here is because we tried this before. <laughs> and this sound didn't come, it didn't come through. But um, you have such a powerful story, Winston. And, and, uh, and I'm really, really um, amazed by just your ability to, to have such a strong mindset. So can you tell me, you know, what it was like for you uh, at that turning point? You know, when you realized that you said, like you said, you're not going to let your disability define you as a person. What was that like? Yeah, I think I think it's one of those things, and I think there's a famous quote that says sometimes you have to hit rock bottom before you start climbing up. Mm. And I think when I was in that moment where you know I wasn't finding the job, all my friends were getting employed, they're all working for the big firms that I wanted to work for, and I was feeling a little bit left out. I was feeling a little bit like perhaps I wasn't as good as they were, so I was having a lot of self, I guess, self confidence issues. And I think, you know, reaching that turning point is almost, and, and I guess there'll be many people listening to this who can relate, you know, whether it's in your business, your health, your relationship, you know, sometimes you need to kind of strip everything away in order for you to stop looking externally and start looking internally for the answers. And for me, that's, that's why I see this as a massive turning point because it forced me to stop comparing, stop using my disability as an excuse and actually look inside of me and see what resources and what kind of resilience that I could start applying in order to get myself out of that hole that I was in at the time. Yeah, now, I, I, I suppose, you know, that obviously that that makes a lot of sense. I mean, obviously, I, I think you need to work in your inner gym before you you actually become, you know, who you are externally. And a lot of people do it the other way around. They sort of seek uh, validation from outside forces instead of actually firming up the inside. But the, the idea that you found resilience within yourself after that turning point, um, it's still mind-blowing to me because some people get to where you got and they just go further down down a rabbit hole of just making sure that they tell themselves different stories that you know, aren't necessarily true by themselves. So I don't know, was it a mentor or did you just, did you watch some videos or did you just look at yourself in the mirror and say, enough, I need to be, I need to be better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And- and, you know, possibly, I think this is probably one of many turning points because I believe the way I see resilience and the way I see any sort of powerful mindset shift, Tayo, I see as we all have these inner resources that are sort of laying within us. So mm. um, one, one sort of common misconception, just to give you an example, is people see me and, you know, I'm a little guy in a wheelchair and they see me, for example, driving a car. I drive a car here in the UK, in London. Or they see me, you know, flying to different countries for my work and for my consulting. And, you know, I, I often get approached by people, Tayo, who come up to me and say, wow, you know what, Winston, you must be the most strongest, the most resilient human being on this earth. Yeah. But the way I see resilience is I see it as something that we all have. And it's almost like a, it's almost like a muscle. And I like the gym analogy. And, you know, the more you go to the gym and work on your muscle, then you have more of an opportunity to grow. And right. so 
perhaps, you know, for me, having been faced with maybe a set of different challenges to perhaps for you might face fire, I've possibly been in that gym a little bit longer than perhaps <laughs> the average person. And so by the time it was getting to that point where, you know, it felt like everything was crashing down on me, deep down, you know, as soon as I stopped looking outside and started looking within, I realized that all along I had been developing these muscles and I had more than what I needed to overcome this next barrier. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that so much. It's, it, it's, it's the fact that many of us, we have the, the tools within us and uh, sometimes we don't even acknowledge that. And you always talk about resilience being on a spectrum, if you will. And so, you know, you, you say the fact, you acknowledge the fact that there are down days and there are good days. But you, what I love about what you say is that it's okay to acknowledge those down days. And, but um, I think you said you surround yourself with people who are honest and uh, they pull you up and they aren't afraid to tell you how it is. They also expect accountability from you. So the idea of acknowledging that, you know, resilience is on a spectrum sort of eliminates that idea that you have to be perfect. I think some people think that people that are doing things they want to do never have any down days and they always seem uppity up and uh, and they're almost afraid to acknowledge any form of vulnerability. Yeah, yeah, that's 100% true. And, um, you know, yeah, speaking of the spectrum, you know, I, even up to today, uh, you know, I still have my bad days. Yeah. You know, I get up in the morning and, you know, it's, uh, I live in London, we have a lot of rain, dude, and, you know, some days, you get up and you think, I've got so much to do today. And look at this, you know, you open the curtains and, you know, it's, it's miserable outside, it's cold, and you're thinking, ah, wouldn't it be nice if I stayed in bed today and just, you know, had a Netflix day? Yeah. Right. But that's where the accountability comes in. That's where your coaches, your mentors, your trusted circle, you know. And, and also, for me, even more important than that is having a big mission. You know, my mission is to inspire and to help one billion people. Yeah. And so when I'm having those bad days, you know, when I'm on the wrong end of the spectrum, I have to look myself in the mirror, look myself in the eye and say, hey, you know what, Winston, this is not about you. It's not about you getting rained on today. This is about your mission and your bigger purpose in this world. So I, I love that so much. I say you need to set a goal big enough so that you grow into the person that can yeah. achieve that. And You've certainly done that. A billion people is not something that a lot of people like to flirt with. You know, people normally flirt flirt with the M's, the millions, like you said. But you said you said the millions are so pa so passe. What what's what's in vogue now is the billions. Um, how did you you know come about one billion people? Yeah, and it's, it's exactly kind of what we were talking about when we were offline. And um, you know, for me, it, it's exactly that whole idea of you know, setting a goal because the other challenge and I guess one of my fears and I think there's a lot of speakers, a lot of coaches who speak on what I'm about to say now is, you know, a lot of people set goals that are realistic and you set a realistic goal and then you actually achieve that goal and you end up feeling really disappointed and unfulfilled because you're kind of left thinking, oh, ah, was that it? You know, I just wanted to inspire 100 people and I've done it now so what's next Tyre? what am I going to do I feel really empty yeah but when you make the when you raise the bar so high you know so ridiculously high and you almost have to be delusional to do it yeah because that sets you sets your mission that you can keep working on over a long period of time and especially if it's a mission 
found around, you know, helping people, serving people, then the amount of joy and the amount of fulfillment that you get from that is completely on another scale versus any sort of material goal or, you know, buying a house or going on holidays that you could ever set for yourself. Yeah, yeah. I feel like if you, you know, connect your passion and purpose to service, you have the jackpot there because you're connecting what it is that you have as a gift to solving the bigger problem in the world. And that keeps you fulfilled because you're, you're, you're adding value essentially. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And and I don't think any amount of money, I mean, I don't have unlimited money at the moment. I would like to have that problem also, but I don't think any <laughs> amount of money, you know, could ever give you that, that sense of fulfillment. I mean, Sometimes people ask me, you know, out of all the places you've spoken at or out of all the organizations where you've gone and you've given a talk and, you know, you've had an impact, which which has been your favorite one or what has been your biggest um, experience that stands out? And for me, it's not even speaking on the big stages or speaking for that, you know, FTSE 100 or Fortune 500 company. It's, you know, getting a, a random Facebook message from a 14-year-old who went online and watched my TEDx and it made them think that, you know, they don't have to have self-esteem issues. They don't have to be afraid of the bullies. They can stand up for themselves. So it's those little, almost, you know, one-to-one type of impact that you have on people. Those are the most rewarding things which you can never put a price on. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I mean, that's the same thing for me. Wow. It's so interesting how it's it's not necessarily what people think uh, with numbers and all that. It's more... Just the acknowledgement that you matter to someone, that something you said, something you did caused someone to change their behavior. And that's that's really what, I, at least for me and what I can hear from you, that's what it's about. It's about uh, tapping into people's ability to take ownership of their lives and then, um, uh, you know, move past that mental block. Yes, yes, exactly that, exactly that. And, you know, it's, it's all about purpose, man. If you can align exactly like you said, if you can align what you love doing to serving people then money. Yeah. So now Winston Clemens does speaking, consulting, and I'm I'm looking at what you graduated with, computer science. When did that <laughs> when did that transition happen? <laughs> I was afraid of this question. <laughs> hey, you know, you know, I ask the hard hitting journalist questions, you know, this is, this is, I'm, I'm trying to be like the guardian over there, yeah, you know, trying to make sure I push through. <laughs> uh, all right. It's a good thing I'm prepared for this one then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I, I often joke with people or even with audiences when I speak, I say, you know, I came from, you know, like you say, a background where I was super, I was basically the geek, you know, you know, studied computer science only wanted to be a software engineer. That's that's the only sort of career ambition that I had after leaving school and after getting into my corporate career. And so I often joke to people that, you know, I didn't I didn't really know how to communicate with, with human beings because I was so used to communicating with machines and laptops and servers. You know, that was as far as my communication went. But I think again, at at, at the same time I have to acknowledge that I've always had a way of building connection and empathy with people. But I didn't really acknowledge that there was any way I could use that to have an impact on a wider audience. And sort of going back to what I touched on earlier, you know, I'd be the guy, you know, I'm in London, I'm completely independent, you know, I'm going out, just doing my thing, going to the shops, 
And, you know, people are curious about me because I, I tend to look different to most people. And they want to know, so how do you do this? How do you drive a car? How do you travel by yourself? Do you have somebody looking out for you? And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. It's just me. I do my own cooking, my cleaning, everything. Yeah. And I could see that even by sharing those simple, I guess, you know, daily strategies that I, I have to do, people are inspired. And so it got to a point where I started to sort of lose interest on, you know, working with computers. And I thought, what if I could go from inspiring one person at a time to actually inspiring big groups of audiences and helping them see that, you know, a lot of the things that they call limitations are things that we can all overcome. And hopefully I'm a good example of that. A lot of the things they call limitations are things that we can overcome. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to let that sit for a little bit. Wow. (laughs) And you know, it's so funny. And so someone is, you're saying people are coming up to you to sort of do the opposite. They're coming up to you to to wonder like, wait, how are you doing what you're doing? And then you respond to them with, Hey, you know, a lot of the things that people call limitations are things that, you know, um, people can overcome. And it's such an interesting mind uh, mindset shift, but I, I can recognize how that can be translated uh, to, uh, to people on stage because it sounds to me like you recognize that people are starving for motivation. They want to know um, that there's something better for them out there. And you recognize that in some of the interactions you had with people. And you essentially turned out a career where you go on the circuit and you just go to places ranging from TEDx to, you know, you know companies that are in the Fortune 1000, Fortune 500. And you just tap into that primal human desire for better life. Yeah, that's it. And actually, my tagline is, if you go on my website, you know, the first piece of text that you see is, your limitations are an illusion. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I literally see a lot of the things that we, you know, like you said, there's so many, we all face adversity. You know, we all face challenges in life. I face obstacles as well. You know, even, you know, you know, putting aside my disability, you know, we all have obstacles in relationships, in business, and other things. And, you know, but if when you meet somebody who gives you that different perspective, you know, and you can say, hey, wow, you know, I'm complaining about, you know, this, you know, relationship thing that I've got going on at home, but yet, you know, look at Winston, and he's sort of getting on with life, and he's crushing it. And then in the same way, you know, for example, I had a situation where I spoke at an event, had somebody come up to me and they said they had beaten cancer three times. And I was like, whoa, you know what? Now, he's my new perspective because, you know, what he's had to battle is even bigger than my own situation. So it's all about putting yourself in these different environments to learn from people that give you that different perspective because sometimes that's what you need to wake you up from your own BS. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of waking up from our own BS, it seems like the world needs a more inclusive world. Uh, we need more inclusive cultures and safe spaces. And uh... Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. 
So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Uh, the BS that we've, we, we have uh, discussed is this uh, idea that some people are better than others or some, I guess, cultures or, or, or religions are better than others. So I'm very curious about your take on on creating inclusive cultures and safe spaces for people that, I guess, seem different to others. What would you say? Yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, I've been exposed to working within large organizations. And I think, to be fair, you know, I think there's a lot more awareness now than perhaps there was 10 or 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I feel there's still massive room for improvement. And, you know, just to kind of give you Winston's take on, you know, creating inclusive cultures is, you know, I've worked in organizations where you've had, for example, the, the African American affinity group, the LGBT affinity group, you know, the, you know, all these different groups, silos. And, you know, one of the things that I often challenge is, you know, it's cool, you know, to give people a space where they can go and they can feel like they are meeting with like-minded people. But what we must also be careful of is that we're not creating even more borders than the ones that currently exist. Because if you think about it, you know, <laughs> using the African-American one, for example, if, if you if there's an African-American affinity group social evening, then guess who 99% of the attendees are going to be? They're going to be African-Americans, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's almost like, you know, yes, organizations are doing some amazing things, but also make sure that we're cross pollinating across the various groups so that we're actually creating a place where people who are different get to sit at the same table and understand each other. And, you know, also in terms of, you know, the kind of people that we bring into an organization, it shouldn't be just a box ticking exercise. You know, I should be saying, I want to bring, you know, X number of type A X number of type B, X number of type C, because then it's not really, it's not really creating value, you're just ticking boxes. Yeah. You know, just bring people who create those spaces so that you can bring the people, you know, wherever background they come from and allow them to fully express themselves in the most authentic and pure way and in a way where they can be respected for their cultures and beliefs. It's about that, isn't it? It's about, it's about really creating spaces for people to fully be themselves. And, and when you break it down at, it, at its most basic level, it's creating an environment where someone that has uh, a different thought, a different point of view from you might be able to express themselves fully who they are and they feel safe for that. And I, I imagine when you talk to CEOs and leaders and managers, you're, I guess, heightening their awareness of that. Uh, because sometimes if we don't live an experience, we don't know. <laughs> An experience, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and and I think I think you know to your point, there is more awareness about it. I but I also still feel like there's 
even room for more awareness because sometimes I feel like people understand that other people have something, but they don't actually see it from the perspective of the others. You know, it's just something they may know. Or like, oh yeah, you know, I, I heard about, I read about, about that. That's pretty sad. And then sometimes, because I do DNI diversity includes the consultant too, and then I'm like, but that's happening in your workplace. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, it's not. There's no way. I have the best values. You see what's in my mission statement? There's no way. And I'm like, what do you mean? I just did a survey. We just did a focus group and this is happening. Like, no, I'm, I'm the best CEO. Everybody talks to me. Everybody laughs at my jokes. And I'm like, yeah. So I've just noticed that. But I don't know if you have. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. And also, and, and you probably come across this as well because you're working in the same space. So, you know, there's this whole idea of, you know, diversity and inclusion. You almost have to have a business case for it. And, you know, there are benefits to, you know, tangible benefits to diversity and inclusion, you know, in terms of representation, you know, making sure that your, your, your company, your workforce is reflecting the, the makeup of the community that it serves. That's really important um, in, in terms of what you're marketing. And, you know, in terms of also just on a simple level, just diversity of thought, you know, different people, different backgrounds, cultures, beliefs. Sitting at the same table can only lead to higher levels of innovation for your company. But for me, almost the most important thing is, you know, you want to promote inclusive cultures because it's the right thing to do. It's, it's the right thing as a society, as human beings, it's, it's a human thing to do to make sure that everybody has an equal opportunity to express and feel like they can do it without any fear of you know, judgment or feeling like they can't be the full authentic self. Right. Yeah. So I'm, this begs uh, the devil's advocate question. So I, I imagine sometimes you do come across skeptics or people that are skeptical and people that will say you're being too politically correct or what do you mean? You know, just, you know, uh, they'll be like, well, listen to yourself, Winston. Just, you know, it's be resilient. What's, what's all this uh, talk about diversity and inclusion? I had this opportunity. Other people are just making excuses. It's not that important. What do you say to that? I would say, well, to use an extreme example, then I would say it's almost like, and and actually this is an American example, it's almost, for me, it's almost like, for example, I've had situations where I've had to go and speak to a transportation um, organization here in London about providing the correct type of accessible transport for people who have different needs, right? Mm. And so... You know, and, you know, you hear things like, oh, you know, transport's come a long way and, you know, we're doing much better than we were, you know, 10 years ago and all of that, which is cool, which is cool. But for me, I see these things as almost a basic human right. And, you know, the, the extreme example I was going to use, for me, it's like going back, you know, to the civil rights days where, you know, you could hop on a bus and not be able to sit in a certain place on a bus because you look different. And in the same mm-hmm. way, why should somebody who has a different set of needs not be able to use the same transportation that you and I use, Tayo? So that's wow. why I keep yeah. linking it back, you know, to this whole idea of, yeah, you know, it, it, it could, we could treat it as a box ticking exercise and, you know, create a massive business case and financials around it. But at the heart of it, it it's a humanity thing. It's the right thing to do. It is, it is, it is indeed. And, you know, you know, if I may, I think some things that people don't take into consideration is the fact is the idea of intersectionality, the idea that people are more than one thing, right? Yeah. You could 
It could be something I think a lot of times people approach diverse inclusion with things you can see, but we don't talk about the mental health. We don't talk about cultural background. We don't talk about the fact that you could be black and something else. We don't even into your to your distinction, the um, ableism is is rampant, right? There are a lot of people that don't actually acknowledge the things that they can do, um, and they might not factor in like, oh, does your uh, door entrance actually have a ramp for the people with different abilities? And people are like, whoa, I just created this building that's amazing. You now you want me to create something extra? But like, well, it's not about creating something extra. It's the fact that it's not you just created it with your only you know, with your limited perspective, right? You didn't see how other people might, might want to come to, to your building. And they're like, ugh. And I, I, that happens to me a lot where people start, they get really frustrated. Yeah. And then, and I'm like, but that's the point of having a, a very, very inclusive or creating safe spaces. It's understanding that it's not, it can't be an ethnocentric point of view where you look at things from your culture. And that's where it matters, you know, or in, in, in movies or in media. It plays a role in every single thing. So it's not just, you know, I guess the cookie cutter thing, like you were saying, or checking the box. It's really making sure it's a part of your thinking. Yeah, I think so. And um, yeah, and, and those are really good examples, actually, because they resonate with me deeply because we have similar conversations here in the UK. And, you know, I guess as well, you know, just going back to that extreme example that I used, I think in decades to come, you know, fast forward, 20, 30, 40 years, and hopefully things will be much better by then. But I think we're going to look back at this period of time thinking, you know, with all the technology, with all the ideas, with all the information that we have, why didn't we do so much more in that time to bring these people into, into, into basically full functioning members of society and give them the same basic human rights as anybody else? Yeah. So I think it's going to be a big source of regret in future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just had, I just had a, a horrific scenario that I'm, I, I'm not, I'm hoping that doesn't happen. Actually, I know it won't happen because you and I will make it happen, but I'm, I'm projecting into the future. And I, I think the post apocalyptic version of that is, is if our kids say, Hey dad, why didn't you do more? All the information. Yeah. All the information was there. And then you're just there and what, but uh, I, I, I did, that's that's exactly what I can remember. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not a You don't want to be having that conversation. Absolutely, you don't want to have that conversation. And, and I think a lot of people sometimes uh, think in, uh, in a very short-term um, uh, way because it's not immediately in front of them. And it's the same way with goals. It's just like you have to chip at your goals, or you go to the gym, or you do anything. You have to be able to think of the the bigger picture simultaneously um, as you approach in life because. Um, to your point earlier, you have to be able to connect to something bigger than you. And that really makes it less about you and more about your impact. Yes, yeah, totally agree. And also just to also play devil's advocate here is, um, you know, I talk about something, I talk about resilience, but I also talk about something called extreme ownership. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there is also, you know, within the, how do you call it, within the sort of BNI community, or within certain demographics where we sometimes or they sometimes have a tendency to hide under this, you know, this whole idea of there's no nicer way to put it than victimhood. Yeah. And so, you know, using myself as an example, you know, I could say, hey, you know, I'm a little guy in a wheelchair. You know, society doesn't expect too much of people who look like me. And so I'm just going to take easy street. Right. 
and you know, and and there are, in all honesty, people that do that. And so, you know, to them as well, I guess the message would be, you know, to to look at these things and these limitations that they're putting on themselves, and ask themselves, if you know, is that the type of life you want to lead? Is that the kind of legacy you want to leave behind? Because we all have, we all have the capability to do more and to be more, but of course, organizations, governments, and all those big platforms need to create the safe space for us to be able to fully express. Right, right. And to you, because this is the thing, everybody has different journeys, but if, if we don't create safe space for people to to feel comfortable to share um, any of these um, insecurities or things that people have, then we, we won't even have any growth, Is I guess is what I'm hearing from what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Because people then tend to, you know, whether it's anxiety or whether it's, you know, sort of doubt, then people play it safe, don't they? They just play it safe and they just take whatever is available instead of thinking, hey, actually, how can I maximize Winston's capabilities? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, okay. So tell me tell me more about what you do. I mean, because I know you speak and you consult now, so someone is listening to you and saying, WB hit the nail on the head, okay? All right. <laughs> um, I, I, I need to know more about him. I need to learn everything about him. What would you tell them? <laughs> I'd say look me up. Look me up. Um, find me online. I am literally everywhere. But, you know, just to sort of give a quick summary is most of my work is to do with speaking, workshops, and consulting within organizations. And, you know, the main topics are the ones we touched on, so resilience. There is creating inclusive cultures. And then there's also something that I do primarily with leaders around extreme ownership, how to raise your game as a leader. And it sort of speaks to this idea of stepping away from victimhood, stepping away from pointing the finger, from saying, hey, you know, it's the sales manager's fault that we didn't hit our revenues for this quarter. And, you know, just going back to the simple concept of, you know, looking within us and stop looking outside if we want to change our results. So, you know, if any of those things touch anyone that's listening, then yeah, definitely give me a shout. Okay. We'll, we'll make sure we'll put that in the show notes. Okay. I definitely want to do that. I, um, before we wrap up, I want to sort of get, um, even more personal. So tell me more about the fun things you do because you're, you're in, uh, uh, England, uh, there. And I, are you, uh, <laughs> you know, what are the English things that you're interested in? Cause I, I'm Nigerian, so we were colonized by United Kingdom. Yeah. Um, so I grew up with a lot of uh, initial uh, interests that people used to make fun of me because I remember I went to American International School and I, and I would say, yeah, I love playing football. And they were like, what is football? I like, the one we, no, the, your feet. And they're like, no, that's, it's different. <laughs> uh, but soccer, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's soccer. So I, I say soccer now, but my biggest English thing that I love is um uh, I'm a, Manchester United is my favorite team of all time. We're not doing well now, but no, you're not. <laughs> yo, really, 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 you, you just, you just, that's what you're going to do now. <laughs> you're going to hear something funny. I like that team too. I mean, I'm not massively into football, but if I was to pick a Premier League team, it would be Manchester United, but, uh, maybe I've lost a bit of interest because it's been a hard few years. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, th- that's my English thing. What is your thing? What What is the thing that you do for fun that people normally uh, would not expect from you? You know, one thing, and it's not really a hobby, but it's it's a regular thing, and I, I notice it more when I come over to America because I have lots of family in America, mm-hmm. and I drink a lot of tea. 
<laughs> you drink a lot of tea. I drink a lot of tea. And I didn't even see this as like, you know, being, I mean, because I've spent pretty much my, my whole life in England, I didn't really see it as a thing that perhaps other people do not do until I showed up in America and, you know, you know, I'm asking for cups of tea all the time and my cousins are looking at me, at me like, what is the problem with this dude, man? How many cups of tea can one small human being consume? Uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> so that's, that's definitely my English thing. And um, yeah, of course, you know, it, it's funny that I'm in London, but I haven't even seen half the attractions that you guys really want to see when you come over. So I definitely need to do more sightseeing and go hang out with the, the queen at the palace. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, if anyone could get an invitation to Buckingham Palace, it would be you, Winston. <laughs> oh, so, thank you, sir. <laughs> um uh, so my final question is 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 related to my uh, mission statement my mission statement is use your difference to make a difference um and i always reframe that in the form of a question uh, for my guests so how do you winston use your difference to make a difference i use my difference and i think we may have touched on this a little bit but i use my difference to to challenge people i want to challenge conventional thinking. I want to be the guy who you see Winston and after working with Winston, you feel like your perspective has been shifted because you've seen a guy who perhaps has no right to, you know, to live, you know, to have any sort of sense of normality, whatever normal means, you know, just by looking at him. And then you hear his story and you hear that he's been able to do, you know, a bunch of things which you know, many people are struggling with today. So if I can be that person to step into the room and to make you tired of saying, hey, you know what, I feel really inspired to work on my goals today because I've been hanging out with Winston, then that's exactly the effect that I want to have for you and, you know, for any organization or audience that I work with. I love it. There you go. We'll definitely make sure we put all that in the show notes because we have to make sure your message gets out there. But I, I want to thank you for the openness and the vulnerability that you, you had today, just you know, sharing your story and uh, the inspiring journey that you've had. It's it's really, you know, I, I love stories in general, but I love how you, you were able to recognize your story and then you said, no, I need to connect this to a bigger purpose. And uh, mm-hmm. those type of stories are my favorite. So thank you for um, sharing. No, I appreciate it, man, and I'm glad we resolved the technical issues. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, the, I'm glad we did as well. Uh, but uh, uh, this is this is fun. I'm looking forward to this episode coming out. And um, thank you for spending some time with me on a Sunday. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Pleasure is mine, ladies and gentlemen. Till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. 
And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax. With their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs, you can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.